0: How does a social place of sports affect fan... Blah, blah, blah. Never mind.
1: Go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join the madness. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 991. Today we hear from Robert, who asks,
0: So, now you need to do an episode on the social place of sport, and w- what took that place beforehand?
1: Yeah, I had a snarky tweet about how sports were awfully useless things and I hate them.
0: Ah, uh. How does that affect fiction, especially science fiction and fantasy?
1: Uh, This is going to be a fun one because you're the sports fan in the family. (laughs) I am? You're wearing your Seahawks uh, cap right now. You have a whole collection of Seahawks memorabilia. You go around like a walking advertisement for the Seahawks.
0: Most of that came from my dad.
1: Yeah, but every time you wear something out, you go and put a new one on. They're they're comfortable shirts. I've caught you looking for, for... football games. (laughs) Uh, I know. It's a a dirty habit. It's like porn in the 50s. Actually, porn is is a good analog. Um, In all seriousness, sports are to war what porn is to sex. War is one of the chief occupations of humanity, and not just because it's how you conquer lands or defend your land against people trying to conquer your land. It's because it is a... uh, a group exercise, an enactment. Humans really get off on coming together as a unit. No one really wants to sacrifice their individuality indefinitely, but sacrificing it for specified time frames and how long those specified time frames are and what people desire varies from culture to culture because some of this is really, really shaped by culture and by the forces that shape culture but that sense of being part of something greater than yourself of having a team to root for whether it's the army of your home nation or the football team or the baseball team or the hockey team of your home town is a really powerful thing it's almost it, it can become almost a religious thing as you see with it, it's
0: it's foot, kind of with, a, with it,
1: football in Dallas for example
0: it, it's a safe form of tribalism yes your sports team is, is, is your tribe, and it is a, your tribe in a way that um, you, you can yell obscenities about the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys without impinging on anything that's actually important to a person.
1: Except for football. <laughs> Except
0: for football. I mean, you're talking no. about
1: the Cowboys. They do have the—Texas Stadium is open at the top so that God can watch his team play. That's literally why it was designed that way. They take it very seriously down there. (laughs) So much so that having grown up there as a kid, I still get a little misty-eyed when I watch the Cowboys, even though I hate watching sports. Now, weirdly, I actually like playing sports, Mm -hmm. but I don't like watching it. However, another um, part of that is because I watched the Cowboys and the Lakers in the early 90s, and there was a level of virtuosity there. Mm -hmm. That is hard to match. Uh, The Bulls matched it in the later 90s in basketball and maybe even surpassed it. But it's very, very hard to hit the levels of virtuosity that were on display in the 80s and 90s um, for several of the major dominant teams of the era. Uh, There was just there was a a sort of magic confluence of things that came together Um, Mm -hmm. to do that. Now you have to sort of watch the Harlem Globetrotters um, it's a different kind of virtuosity, but mm-hmm. but the display of virtuosity and the appreciation and love of virtuosity is another one of the pluses of sports as a spectator sport. It's another one of the needs it serves. It's kind of the, the same need that theater serves. Mm-hmm. Um, watching someone who is very very good at what they do is deeply gratifying to some strange interesting part of the human soul and if i had to guess i would hypothesize that it's that part of us that when we were three years old would go and like watch our dad change the oil in the car um or watch our mom cooking Mm -hmm. or you know watch the neighbor mowing the lawn or something just Watching someone do something when that person is really good, it puts you into this childlike learning mode. Even if it's not something that you intend to learn or that you have any hope of uh, of of imitating effectively, it still makes your world larger. It makes the, the field of possibility seem vaster.
0: Uh, Dan's taking a, a, a philosophical and... Artistic approach to the purpose of sports, and I'm like pseudo war. <laughs> well, it's that you, too. You, you, you can you can root for and, and cheer on the downfall of your enemies, and and then go out and have a beer afterwards. That's that's the that's the purpose of sports.
1: Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their women, and then have a beer. <laughs>
0: okay. So I, I I'm I'm taking the the simplified man cave answer, and he's he's doing philosophy over here, but that's a typical Tuesday.
1: Yeah, there uh, and there is there's a there's basically three kinds of sports, right? There's the participatory sports, mm-hmm. there's the spectator sports, and you and often the difference between those two things is just whether you're watching professionals do it or whether you're doing it yourself. And then there's extreme sports. Mm-hmm. And all of them have sort of their analogs in the ancient world. Uh, uh, I, I, for reasons I can't even remember, I rewatched Braveheart recently, which is a terrible film and a terribly wonderful film. It's terrible because it it is about as historically accurate as a Disney movie. <laughs> it's about as historically accurate as Pocahontas, which ironically Mel Gibson also starred in. Start in Braveheart, Pocahontas, and Patriot, all of which have about the same relationship to history as one another. Mm. Um, But, of course, in terms of uh, effective storytelling and emotionally jerking the audience around, it's fantastic. But uh, one of the lovely bits was the Highland Games at the beginning. Mm. And in in Braveheart, you can kind of see the analog for all the sport, all these three kinds of sports. The, uh, The wars, that's your... That's your stadium sports, mm-hmm. your spectator sports, unless you're part of the army or part of the team. And your participatory sports are like the uh, the training scenarios um, or watching the kids play at war as kids. Mm-hmm. And then your extreme sports are like the Highland games where they're throwing the rocks and throwing the stumps. and
0: Throwing the logs.
1: Right. So extreme sports, this is what, um the Suave Rob books are about. Extreme sports are um are those individual activities that are super high risk that you basically are a superstar if you survive them. And they sort of evolve from those primitive types of like the Highland games or the uh the sorts of things you see like the lumberjack games mm-hmm. where um people are testing their, showcasing their individual metal at difficult skills against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's partly a status thing. It's partly a way to keep difficult and dangerous traditions alive for a time when they may be needed. It's partly a way to showcase um, essential skills to vital industries for a community and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in terms And of-
0: also gamifying those skills that are necessary, like... Cutting down trees. People do that sort of thing all the time, but it's not a spectator sport until you make it one. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's a way to, I mean, genuinely, it's a way to get chicks.
0: I want to see an extreme knitting
1: competition. (laughs) That would be hilarious. That could be fun. But it's, and yeah, it's also a way to celebrate the, the skills that are integral to a culture. So in terms of science fiction and fantasy worlds, those are sort of the rationales that you'll see developing. Um, And you will have sports developing, whether they're video game competitions, or whether like in the Suave Rob universe, it's a lot of extreme sports, or whether um, it's Jousting games and other stuff other blood sports and whatnot in um, or,
0: or, or that weird version of of football in the film ver- film adaptation of starship troopers
1: mhm yeah it was a uh, indoor canadian style indoor stadium football i think that was except with more acrobatics mhm um but you will you will see that because sports fulfill these vital social functions and if uh if you want to be developing the sports sort of de novo out of your fictional world instead of having them as carryovers from ours, what you want to do is look at what kinds of tactics in warfare, what kinds of social cooperation, and what kinds of vital skills are important to this culture. So, um, to, uh, tactics and warfare versus social skills. You can see in the U.S. in football versus baseball. Football is trench warfare on the field. It's it's structured like trench warfare. You're trying you you got one line of guys and another line of guys and you're trying to penetrate into enemy territory by meters or yards. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what World War One was like, but with less mustard gas. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Like World War One without mustard gas. It
1: really is. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and the basic value of football is total military-like coordination. Mm. Everybody has to play their part in coordination with one another and selflessly. If you glory hand in football, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Baseball is so, football is a celebration of and a reenactment of the martial virtues. Baseball is a celebration of and reenactment of the American social contract. When you're out on the field playing defense, you're part of a team, everybody's coordinating, there is no star, the pitcher is the leader, but he's not the star. Mm-hmm. The entire situation only works if everybody is playing their part. However, when they go on offense, it is the time for the individual to shine and take risks. Stealing bases, Hunting versus swinging, going for a home run, glory hounding—it's all there. It's baseball is not a—it's not a coincidence that it arose during the 19th century because it completely encapsulates the 19th century American value system. The team only wins because of the entrepreneurial spirit and the individual risk takers and the mettle and the courage and the guile of the individual at the plate, but that player's efforts can only have meaning because when the team is playing defense, the team is a cohesive, cooperative society. So you will also have sports... You've that...
0: just made baseball sound sexy for the first time ever.
1: Thank you. So you will have... And you can see this in a lot of sports in uh, that arise in Aboriginal groups and different cultures. They will reflect either the social structure and social values of the culture, or they will reflect the martial values of the culture. They'll rarely do both at the same time. So that's one of the cheats you can use for inventing sports for your fictional worlds. And then of course the test of individual metal and the celebration of skills that are vital to the uh, civilization as well. And that'll be your extreme sports and your less formal sports. One of the things about extreme sports is that they are incredibly informal. Even, like, formal surfing competitions, which have rules, uh, very specific rules, they're basically designed for safety. Those rules are minimal. It's it's designed to give maximum latitude to the virtuosity and risk-taking of the individual because extreme sports are all about getting chicks (laughs) or getting dudes if you're a If you're a chick doing it, it's all about facing up against the impossible odds and proving that you're worth something and doing it in front of an audience so that you will then be celebrated. Unless you're like that guy who climbed uh, El Capitan and you just you do it because it's there. It's there and you're the only person in the world. But extreme sports are the way that cultures um they're they're tied in with the highland games sort of celebration of skill but they're the way that cultures make room for their oddballs that really push the limits and they're, most they're cultures kind of, that i've studied have some version of that
0: they're they're kind of an evolution of the young man's quests yeah for like you know dragon slaying and that sort of
1: thing mm-hmm. the heroic quest
0: yeah heroic that's the word i was looking for yep that's that's very very you can much tell it's case. a tuesday i don't i i don't know words
1: that's any day that ends in day <laughs> i thought it was thursdays that people aren't supposed to be able to get the hang of mm. thanks to arthur dent
0: i can't get the hang of any days that don't start with an s <laughs> i live yeah. for the weekend
1: thank you very much for the question robert